Hello, Esther Deborah here, and this is Agape Love. Love is here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned. How to help people the Lord's way and have her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and pray. Hello again. Pastor Deborah here. Hi. I'm sitting at my door again, recording, talking to you, teaching. And yes, we are in the garden. Yes, and you are here. Oh, you're not physically here right now. But when you watch this, you will probably be in your physical body. Many of you will have already heard it in the spirit in the garden with me, Pastor Deborah. We are still working in Isaiah 61, verse 8. This video is part 10 of verse 8. And we are still working in just a little bitty section of it called, I, the Lord, will direct your work in truth. We have gone through nine videos so far of the global teleministry ministry of Pastor Deborah and of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. Who would have thought that not when I was beginning back in 1995 that I'd be talking to you today, you that's sitting right out there in the garden. My heart had always wanted to be a teacher. I knew that learning was important. Understanding was vital. Getting truth and knowledge was so important. I was a reader. I loved biographies. I read books about true people, true events. And God took me into movies which we've all been there, and then it began. I was watching this movie called The Miracle Worker with Anne Bancroft and Patty Duke. I had learned about God that he was a storyteller and that he hid things in parables and stories throughout all of human civilization. I even learned that God talked to us through nature and animals and plants. But I guess I wasn't listening very carefully when I was younger. But there came a time, I think it began even before the miracle worker. It began in 1999 <clears throat> when the trilogy movies of The Matrix came out. I watched them. I thought it was fascinated. And then God directed me to watch them again and to write down every single word that was spoken in the movie. 
Then things began to open up to me. And I began seeing how God was working through the spirits and the dreams and the imagination of the writers and the producers and the graphic people that made the videos. I began seeing and learning that what I needed to know was right here. God was working. I was not left alone. He was talking through movies. I had become a seeking heart. It was burning and seeking for truth. It wanted to know things. wanted to see things. And it wanted to understand. A lot of the questions were like, how come people can do such horrible things to other people? How come the world was in such a mess? And there were wars after wars after wars. And humanity was hurting the animals. And polluting the planet. I had no answers. Church didn't even really provide them for me. They didn't talk about them much. So my heart, my spirit was asking. My soul was asking questions. And God began to talk to me. Open up movies after movies. One of the best movies I did watch, a true story about Helen Keller, was called The Miracle Worker with Anne Bancroft and Patty Duke. I watched that, and as I was watching, doors were opened. The veil between the spirit and the natural were pulled back, and God used that movie to show me how the battle between the spirit, the soul, and the Holy Spirit looked like. Excellent movie to watch. It will, you'll learn about yourself and the battle and the fight that the Holy Spirit has to do. For many of us, we're just like Helen. We are blind, deaf, and dumb to the Holy Spirit, to our teacher that had the keys to open doors to us that had been locked, and we were in silence and darkness and had no understanding. Excellent movie to watch. I'll see if I can get it, put it up on the website for you. Also, see if I can get the uh, Matrix movies and put them up, and then you can watch them as you pleasure. All right, let's kind of get started. As you know me, we're going to open up with prayer. Dear Father, on this wonderful day in your garden, where truth abounds, light is overflowing, and your love is presence, Father, open our hearts. Let our eyes see what has been hidden to us. Let our ears not be dull of hearing, but to hear your words. Let our minds be able to receive and understand your words of spirit and life to us. Help us, Father. We need your teacher working, your Holy Spirit working, anointing the words, illuminating the revelations, so that we may learn and grow and be fed and nourished on your truth. In the name of the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ, amen. Okay, let's begin. Isaiah 61, verse 8. We are in that little portion that says, And I, the Lord, will direct their work, that's you, your work you're to do, 
in truth. I always, we finished up part nine with a lot of wonderful stories that had happened to me. I'll have some more in this one also. Let's begin with a scripture verse. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But the honor of kings, that's all of humanity, our spirit part of us. The part that's here in the garden. The part that's hidden most of the time. Not the soul. The soul is to be a helpmate. A servant of the spirit. Who's the king? You just got to rediscover it. And then get reanointed. And I'll tell you about that. And it is our honor. To search out a thing. Go on a treasure hunting quest have a seeking heart and mind desiring to know the truth recognizing you've probably been lied to about everything we must have a seeking searching heart to search out a matter in verse 8 I'm going to explain it expand on it just a little bit more for us and I the Lord your righteous, glorious deliverer, your judge, your healer, your lamb of sacrifice, your father. That's a hard one for most people because we've not had good fathers or the gods that we have been serving and worshiping. They don't want us as their children. They just want us to obey them and be sort of servants. So this God is a little different. He wants us as his children. Yeah, that means we might be gods ourselves. The ancient Egyptians knew that. A lot of your ancient kings and queens, they knew they were the sons or the daughters of this God. They were anointed to rule nations. Most of them didn't do very well. But that's all other stories. I am the righteous one of your ancestors. I just learned some wonderful things this week. I asked YouTube to tell me and show me videos of Christianity and ancient historical lands. I went to Syria. Oh, Christianity and God were there before Islam. I asked about Libya. God was there. China. A lot of people believe Confucius and Buddhism and Taoism and the Chinese communist government were sort of the first gods and government of that great nation. Shungdai was the great heavenly God in the sky. There's a lot of videos I put up on the website to show the beginnings of China worshipping the one true God, the God and the Father of Christ Jesus, the God of the heavens. 
excellent information. And these people found out, these researchers, in the Chinese literature, in their symbols and characters, told the story of the Bible. You go watch them. You'll learn. He was the God of the ancestors of China for thousands of years, hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Gotta go looking, be a searcher, archaeologist, and look back into the past. And I just put on the uh, Songs of the Heart, another great movie called The Egyptian. It's about the story of a physician and his interactions with the Pharaoh who had found this one true God and he became Akhenaten and he did away with Polygon and he started worshipping the one true God excellent story even back then why were all these people knowing about this one true God the God of the Hebrew Bible the God of creation the God of all mankind because they all came out of Adam. Then they came out of Noah and his three sons from this thing called the Great Flood. There's stories all over the world about that in every culture and every nation. Then the Tower of Babel. When all were one language, they all knew about the sacrifice of a lamb that was killed to cover the sins of Adam and woman. All knew about the sacrifices of Adam outside of the garden, trying to get back into the garden. They knew about the sacrifices of Abel and all the people that came on through, the ancestors of humanity. Everybody knew about worship and prayer of this heavenly God. They knew about him. In those documentaries I put up on China, they had no image inside the temple. And you'll learn a lot because they knew there was no image. There was no statue to this heavenly God. They worshipped him and they praised him. The whole nation. Mm -hmm. Then there's a movie on there called China Cry. True story about a lady in China. When The communist government came in. Go watch them. But you know this. God planted seeds. They've been there. They have not gone away. In every nation. He's there. And his seeds are beginning to grow. They're getting watered. People's hearts are beginning to believe and see. And desire the truth. They're becoming kings. And they're searching out. Their hearts are beginning to burn for truth and to restore unto you all that was ours, all that he decreed to us back in Genesis one twenty six, all the goals and desires and purposes of his heart for humanity. He's going to redeem back to us, give back to us, But before he can really do that, we have to be changed. Our thinking, our concepts, our beliefs, our spirit. Then, he said, I will restore you to your high place of thinking, of believing. The spirit had sunk so low in the flesh 
It didn't know it was a spiritual king at one time. It had distant memories. Sort of had hopes, but all it knew was flesh, evil, and wickedness. It wanted to call a God a father that was in, in us spiritually. Even in the darkness, we were calling out for help for somebody to help us. We were a child calling to our father and our mother. Oh, we didn't know that, but we were. We were a king, a young prince or princess. We didn't know that either. So he was going to help us to rediscover all of that. In this verse, verse 8, this portion, that is what he's telling us he is going to do for us. He's going to restore to you, little ones, ancient, long, forgotten work, the deeds you're to do, that he set for you, that he prophesied and decreed for you to do in spirit and truth. You were to be managers and rulers on earth for him. You were to walk in spiritual authority and dominion over everything that was on the biological earth, in your spirit, soul, and body, and over all the evil creatures of the spirit. He was going to restore that back to you by redirecting you in that work. I, the Lord, he says, will direct your deeds, your work that you are to do. Now, we're going to keep going over a few more things that he needs to direct us in, lead us, guide us, teach us, tell us to go this way, watch that movie, read that book. Sometimes, you know what he did with Pastor Deborah? Sometimes he told me, you have to leave that church. You have to let go of those people. Cannot hang around them. No, you can't do that. Yes, you can do that. No, you can't go back to that. Directing me. Even some of my healings that I had. He would ask me to do some of the strangest things. One time I had gotten a very serious uh, upper respiratory that had gone into sort of bronchitis and the flu. And I couldn't breathe. And I went through this for uh, many weeks. And eventually, I prayed to God, and he said, Get down on the floor, and I will heal you. I go, What? I got down on the floor, and I shook and shook and shook and shook. I still had to go to the hospital. But I had done damage to the heart because I got an infection. But he healed me of that, and I was fine, back up. And then another story about Gavin and a pacemaker. My heart got reinfected again to prove the love of God. He is healing that now. Now, that's been many years, but he's at work. So he's going to redirect our work. And what? Worshiping him. In spirit and truth. A lot of us think we worship when we do other things. Maybe what we're taught. We take food and drink and we bow down. Is that worship? Is that what he's looking for? What is worship? He has to teach us. So he says, I have to teach you. I have to redirect you. And how to worship me. In spirit now. Because your spirit does not know. And in truth. Number two, I've got to help you to redirect you 
teach you, help you to relearn about being my spiritual child, my offspring, that I'm going to remake, or I've already renewed you, recreated you, rebirthed you in my eternal spiritual image and likeness when you believe in me. When you believe on my son, I recreate you. You're brand new. Oh, you're still a mess spiritually, and you haven't had a Hebrews 4.12 yet, but he'll get there. The beginning has started. Number three, I've got to help you, got to redirect you, guide you and lead you in renewing your spiritual heart, your mind of your heart, the spirit part of you. But your soul, the part that's deeply connected to your physical body, your subconscious mind, it also has a heart, a mind, a hidden mind, a hidden heart. And it's all broken up and it is all separated from God. It's nothing but perverseness and flesh. But your spirit, he says, I've got to work with that. Because I'm a spirit being that works with spirits. He says, i got to help you. I have to guide you and lead you in renewing your thoughts and concepts to know me and to become one with me so I can spiritually work as one with you in an intimate spiritual partnership in all the realms of heaven and earth. He is has to help us To learn how to be one with him in spirit. When I talk, you should hear him. You should feel his presence. He's working through me to you. He's a God that is a spirit. That is the realm he lives in. Now he created all the earthly world. Not as you see it. He did create death, and he did give the earth power. But he uses the earth to show us spiritual things, things of the flesh nature, evil, perverseness. It's a shadow, it's a reflection of man's soul, of heart, of the spirit realm, if we look. Number four. He says, I've got to help direct you in your work of reordaining you. All of humanity, after I've spiritually rebirthed you as my child, a king. But you're really a prince until you are released. Oh, you're anointed by spiritual blood. He looks at all humanity as his firstborn. And in his eyes, there's no male, there's no female spirit. They are all his firstborn child, his offspring. And he says that the firstborn is the one who inherits all things of his father. So we have a spiritual inheritance. But he says, first, I have to help redirect you and reordain you as a Prince, You'll be a prince, you're a child, you're under teachers and tutors. Pastor Deborah was, I don't know, 30, 40 years. 
Then one day when you mature and you're sort of an adult, you are released. Now if you mess up, and most of us do, sometimes we have to go back under being under tutors and teachers. Because when you get at a certain level and you are put in great leadership positions, parenting spiritually, and you mess up and you misrepresent him and you do things you're not supposed to do, you lose the anointing. He dethrones you, sets you aside, and brings somebody else up. Sort of like you're, a, you're still a king, but you have advocated your position. You have been removed. Death can remove you. Sometimes the law will remove you because you've done, you've broken the law. And what will happen is he'll keep working with you, but you're no longer in that position. So Pastor Deborah has to be very careful, aware of that. And how she learned that, she read the Old Testament and she studied all the leaders and prophets. And she listened carefully to what God said about his people. Number four, we're still there, reordaining us. He has to help us and guide us and lead us to be a king, to discover that within ourselves, and that we are over his kingdom that's in heaven, that's supposed to be here on earth. Now, here in the garden, this is how it's supposed to be. And it was to flourish outside and take territory, more land of hearts and minds. So the garden would be inside of you, wherever you went. And his presence would be there. He could always teach you. And he would build his garden and his place of his presence inside of your spirit. To have his temple and his holy of holies inside of you. So as you moved around on the earth, wherever you went, he was always with you. No matter where you went. He says he has to help you to learn about reordaining you as a royal person. As a royal nation, a people of priests, unto him. For the world, its creatures, for the earth, and all of humanity. Pastor Deborah had to learn. I was to pray for other people who were really bad and wicked. Even when I didn't like them. And they were so evil, I wanted them punished. But God's heart was now full of love. Because on the cross he said, Father, forgive them all, for they know not what they do. I was to apply that mercy and forgiveness even to the worst of the worst, the most horriblest person who did the most evilest, wicked things to animals or children or people, the most corrupt heart. I had to pray that God's love would touch them. Because if I didn't, Satan would win. And the cross's victory would be denied and nulled in this person's life. And I couldn't stand that. So he had to redirect me to change my way of thinking, believing and praying. To be a priest unto him on behalf of other people. 
and on behalf of the creatures of the earth and on behalf of the earth itself you don't know how many times I would pray that God's mercy for animals that he would help them and I would pray during times children were being killed and hurt he would have mercy on them those that are doing the bad stuff I had to learn and be redirected to care like he cared and love like he loved. It wasn't easy. It's easier to hate people who do bad things. It's easier to want them to be punished. Oh, they will be punished in the world. Maybe. Maybe not. But on that day of judgment, when they stand before him, I didn't want him to be embarrassed for what he did on the cross. I didn't want them to be so humiliated. The spirit's a baby. It knows very little. And I didn't want Satan to to laugh and mock at God. That God's great sacrifice could not save to the uttermost, the most wickedest and foul spirit. And I knew if we lost even one, one in hell and one stayed there, or one was shunned from God's throne, and God's heart of love and mercy could not extend even to the most wickedest spirit. Who lived in darkness and ignorance. Then God's victory. Could not hold. Through the times of great darkness. And evilness. And Satan would go eventually to the lake of fire. Mocking God and laughing at him. Saying I got one you couldn't even save all. And I couldn't stand that. God had to have complete victory, so I would have to pray. He had to teach me how to be a royal priest and plead people's cases to him in the and as the judge of the universe. Oh, I asked for judgments on people, but I asked that they would be judged now, and they would be taken, and their punishment would happen now. And at the day when the little spirit comes before him, it's all done. I had to be redirected in my prayer life. I had to learn how to be a royal priest unto him. I had to learn how to handle the blood of the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, and present it in the Holy of Holies. I had to learn how to go in with reverence. So yes, I studied prayer. I studied why prayer doesn't work for people. Great, great man of faith I studied. George Mueller. I watched a video years ago about this man in England who ended up taking care of 10,000 orphans having a Bible school and how him and God partnered He never asked money for the orphans. He never took up an offering. He'd put a box at the back. 
And if God spoke to the parishioners to put some money in, that's how he did it. He never talked about his needs for the orphan or himself. And God provided. And I learned my faith was not even there at the George Mueller faith with God. I wasn't even at that level of partnership with God yet. And George's wasn't even at the level of Christ Jesus. But I had to grow just to get to the George Mueller level. I had to learn from George and his life. I put it up there on the website for you to watch. There's autobiographies excellent about your faith. I was being redirected from people long ago. God was redirecting me. He was guiding me how to be a royal priest unto him on behalf of others. How to bring their sin to them. How to help clean them up on death. How to plead their case. Even when they didn't know I was. Tell you a wonderful story about a wonderful young man. His name was Jim. Oh, he had issues. He was an alcoholic. Sweet man, though. And he was dying. And and we had had talks before. He didn't really believe in God. Uh, And he came to me in the spirit on his deathbed. He had gotten something and was dying. He said he came to me. He was dying. I said, yes, I know. But I don't believe in God. I said, that's okay, sweetie. I do. And he believes in you. And he wants you. And between him and I, our faith is strong enough to help you. So I prayed, Father, this little one came to you the only way he knew how. He came to me. Pastor Deborah, the priest, Not knowing how to get to you. Not knowing if he was going to heaven. But he came. My job was to be a royal priest unto him and to God. And I said, don't worry, sweetie. My faith was strong enough for you. It will carry you into his arms. He believes in you. He loves you. He was drawing you to me, a royal priest, so I could go to him on behalf of you. Father, he's come the only way he knew how, to the only person in the spirit that he knew. Father, I bring him to you on his deathbed here. That you forgive his sins and you apply the blood of the sacrificial lamb to them. And you welcome him home. That's the job of a royal priest. I had to learn. I had to be guided in that work of spirit and truth. Oh, I'll see Jim later. But there's a lot that I get on their deathbeds. They're in comas. I have to talk to their little spirits. I'm doing spiritual work on behalf of the great high priest himself. I'm here on earth 
doing this work that I had to learn how to do. Verse 8 tells us that He, the Lord, is the one who will be directing us. Not society, not mental health people, but Him. He can use them to help you. But you must always recognize He is spiritually directing you, guiding you on a path spiritually to help you get where you need to be. And while he's doing this, he has to spiritually recrown you as his king of the kingdom of heaven. Now, all of heaven already knows that. And when you're a little baby and you're born into a royal family, they don't immediately put the crown on your head. But everybody starts teaching you saying your majesty you're a prince you're, you're not there yet you're but you are in that line so there's a lot of redirecting guiding and leading us we have to learn how to talk and walk spiritually and in the soul as kings we see it a lot where a lot of people are trying to get there I'll see beautiful young ladies wearing a t-shirt saying I'm a princess we love to dress up as princesses we love to be called kings I used I used to work with still do at times gang members called the Latin kings everybody's trying to get there we love the castles the royalty the majesty we don't know why, but that's our spirit trying to figure it out. So he says, I've got to recrown you as a king. What are kings? They are shepherds. They are to protect and guard, watch over and manage God's precious, precious possessions. His people, his lands, his resources. You can learn a lot about that by studying ancient kings. You had to be a manager, a shepherd. I'm going to be teaching for the Master Class Initiative of Nigeria in 2021 on the heart of leadership, becoming a shepherd. You cannot be a leader, a true leader, till you become a shepherd. And you recognize that the land, the people, the resources belongs to your father, the great I am. And you are to manage it. You are to shepherd it, guide it, protect it. That means people and resources and the money. You're not there to get rich. You're not there to build up your own treasure chest. You are not there to allow your nation to be raped, to let other kind of companies come in and rip your people off. You are there to help your people be educated, provide medical. You are to be the king and the priest. You go watch some of the ancient, ancient ones I just put up on China about the emperor. In the Hung, I think it's dynasty, who actually started writing in China, he would go. He was the priest unto the Shung Dai. And the ceremonies he did on behalf of the nation, 
and you will learn from the Bible and stuff that that is what the king is. He is a king, which is a political position. Okay? He's also a warrior, spiritually. He's also a manager. He's a government official. That's a king. But he's also a royal priest unto this heavenly God on behalf of the people on behalf of the land that this God owns on behalf of the resources he's put into the king's hand to manage for his sheep becoming a shepherd is vital he says I will have to redirect you and guide you in that education and knowledge to get you there number six to relight your spiritual candle. That's your spiritual mind and your heart of your spirit. To be a bright and shining light, a voice from me. Sort of like the, if you've ever seen a prism, okay, and light comes through, white light, and the golden rays of a rainbow come out. He says, be like that prism. Be like a diamond. I can shine through you. My words and out. My voice comes. My truths come. Not your denominations. Not the secular world. Not the secular governments. Not knowledge of darkness and ignorance. But my light. I need to redirect you. I need to guide you so I can light your relight your spiritual candle. So that my words can flow out of you. If you put your hands, whoops, excuse me, like this, and say, let's see if I can do this here. Touch him, Lord. His power comes through me. There can't be a veil through my flesh. He must be able to work through me to touch you, to reach you, to show you that he's real. You go watch. I just put up the Brownsville Revival here in Pensacola, 1995 to 2000. That was the birthing of Pastor Deborah into helping people the Lord's way. You go watch them. And you hear about how the presence of God himself can set you free and heal you, deliver you, and how he loves you so much. I need to direct your work. You out there. Mm-hmm. You who I'm talking to in this in the spirit in your dreams. So that my the Lord's glorious royal law of agape love rules and reigns in your spirit, soul, and body. That you can love me and worship me in spirit and truth. And you can love your neighbor here on earth in spirit and in truth. That my royal law of agape love is the ruling concept and idea that flows through you. No matter how bad the person is, there's a spirit in there. That God loves. May not ever meet him. Or her. But it will never die. Oh it's separated from him. But he wants it back. That one. 
that's you out there. And he said that he has to redirect us to grow in us his royal image and likeness that shines out for others to see. So that his glorious light, his truth, his love, his heart, his purposes, his righteous judgment on the spirits of righteousness and justice can rule. He gave the flesh man laws in the natural to control the flesh and the physical body. You break the laws, we have to arrest you, put you away in time out in jail or prison. Hopefully you'll get some of his word in there. You will come out changed. If he allowed the crimes against humanity or animals or even nature or against governments, corruption, stealing, thieving, child pornography. He said, I had to have rules in the flesh so that mankind can live in some sort of peace. If not, chaos would reign and we would have a mess. Bad mess. We don't want that. He wants our land to be ruled of our spirit, soul, and body by his righteous laws and his judgment. My spirit must know the rules. My soul must know the rules. For instance, if the doctors tell us smoking cigarettes, drinking too much alcohol, eating too much fat, not exercise, will hurt the physical body. That's some rules and laws. God loves the physical body, not in its condition. Needs it to be healthy so the spirit can stay and do his work. But when we don't listen to learned people about the biological body and the things we're doing are hurting it, then we are criminals, sort of, or hard-headed, rebellious people, and we're not listening. And judgment will come. The body was created to be in a certain state. When it's not in that balance, bad things happen. Also, he needs to redirect us and guide us down the right paths so that his glorious authority and dominion and his power can be seen and you will be known as a king, as a lord, The reason he calls you Lord is he gave you the earth as his possession. Now he created it, but you're to manage it. The son, we're in a family business. We're all to be working for him. Improving the kingdom. Expanding the kingdom spiritually. Taking care of what's been given to us. There's some wonderful stories about talents. He'll give you something to manage. And if you manage it, increase it, bring up more and produce it, you'll get blessed and get more. 
But if you don't and you mistreat it and you do that, you're in trouble. He says, I do all this so that my glory, God's, and his spirit of truth and light can be seen and known, heard and believed in. He had a plan for himself, the earth and humanity, way, way back in the book called Genesis, the beginning. Pastor Deborah stayed there most of the time, still does, Read it over. He talks all the way through the Old Testament, which is all we had for thousands of years. What his plans were. You will be my royal nation of priests. I will be your father. You will be my children. You will have authority and dominion on earth. He didn't want to come down here and rule. He's too big. He said, I want to be inside of you through my Holy Spirit, my governor. I will rule your spirit from my kingdom with my laws in your spirit. Your spirit will then relay that out to your soul. Your soul will then speak it, write it, talk it, and it will then, the physical body who is the servant of the soul, will get itself under subjection and it will not give in to the cravings that it has, the appetites. He says, so that my garden of Eden, that I put my place of my presence on earth. I have a garden inside here in my spirit. There is a garden. All of you are here. And he says, expand that. Make all of this earth like the garden. Grow it. Expand it. I entrust it to you. Pastor Deborah's the great shepherd of the garden. I'm on duty every single night. But I have to leave it a lot because I have to go out into the other realms of the kingdom of darkness and do warfare. I'm a busy person. So I take with me the garden in here. I take his spirit and rulership into the garden. I take it out of the garden into the kingdom of darkness. That's Pastor Deborah. Number seven. I have to redirect, he says, from verse eight. Your work, your deeds, your actions, in spirit and truth, so that I may return unto you. Your eternal inheritance. Oh, got some goodies for us. I just did three videos for Pastor Moses in Kenya called The Inheritance. I'll put it up in that little thing up there and in the discussion. Excellent movies. God even had to go and grow up, get mature, stop being so angry with humanity. And he did that between the Old Testament and the New Testament. We would count it about 400 years. God went and grew up. And then he came back. And he was a different type of God. He was ready to lay down his life. And he wasn't arguing anymore with the flesh. He wasn't that angry God. That was having to deal with flesh creatures all the time. He was now ready to receive his inheritance. That God beloved now was in his heart. And it was working. 
was dominating him, ruling him now. Not the anger and the flesh of the Old Testament. And he could get his inheritance, humanity. Great three uh, videos I made for Pastor Moses of Kenya. So he says, I want to return unto you, humanity. Your inheritances I have for you, the kingdom of heaven. And everything that's in it. So that he, he had prepared that kingdom for us, that inheritance. He had said all of humanity, all in one, would be his firstborn son. And he would take all of humanity so that you are all one. And I will return that to you. I've got it prepared before I even created the first angel, anything. I created it in my thoughts. Holding it and waiting for everything to be in place. He said, it's there. My plan is to give it to you. So you can rule and reign on earth or wherever I send you. Remember, I've told you, Pastor Deborah's going to be like a Star Trek captain. She's going to be traveling to other solar systems, planets. Because one day this earth is going to be destroyed. There will be a new earth. But I'm not going to be restricted to it. Do you think humans are the only creatures? He says in his word, I am to talk to all creatures. Yep, I believe there are some in other solar systems, other spirit places that I don't even know about yet. But my heart has to be an explorer. It has to be trusted to go out alone with just him. And tell them about him doing the king's business, the family business, so to speak. I think uh, the uh, over in England they call the royal family the firm, and you are doing the firm's business. Being a royal person is business. You have a certain attitude you must have. You must dress a certain way, act a certain way. You can't just get involved in all the political stuff. You cannot give your opinions about things. You are to care about people, be an encourager. There is a a family business that they attend to as a part of this royal family. They keep their personal lives as personal as they can. And yet they're shepherds and they're managers. They have farms that they manage and they raise money from. They uh, take care of the planet. They care about the planet. They care about people. They are loving to humanity. They care about other nations. So I, there are some great examples and to look at. To show you what some parts of our ancient kingdom and kingship look like. Other kings are not like that. They're not very loving to their people. They mismanage their nation and their resources. A lot of politicians do the same things. They are corrupt. They sell things. They sell their vote. They don't want this God. They don't want him in their stuff. Uh, They are trying to do things that that slowly transforms, we'll say, the soul, which means the spirit of the nation. 
They believe it's our right to murder, kill, abort little babies who have no say when the female maybe could have taken some birth control pills, gotten control of her reproductive uh, rights through the birth control pill, but they don't want to go there. And then the whole industry of baby parts and all kinds of stuff. So there's some bad kings, wicked kings, politicians and leaders. They sell anything that they think they can get away with. They'll lie, cheat, and steal. We know that. We see it. We don't like it. And we would call that an unrighteous leader, a corrupt leader. I can't even handle it in the natural. There's a great saying in the Bible, if you can't handle earthly money, you can't handle any spiritual stuff, pretty much. So, that's just, he's saying, I need to help you. You have learned from all of these examples, and you have been taught and shaped and molded in your earthly ideas what leadership is, what politicians are to do, what the purpose of the planet is, all kinds. He says, i got to redirect your re-education. I have to retrain you. And I will direct you through movies, books, personal experiences, timeouts. I will help you. That's my job. That's what verse 8 is saying. Number 9. He says, lots for me, the Lord, to do to direct your work for you in truth to help you find the right path to travel on, the righteous ways of thinking things. As you travel down here in this world of darkness, when I go into the kingdom of darkness spiritually, I must take with me knowledge and information. Just tell you another thing that just happened. I heard the voice of it sounded like God being very angry about COVID and why he released it to punish the people who kill little babies in abortion and stuff. Because Satan had heard my feelings about that I didn't talk to it it came two times and what he was what this voice was trying to do was to try to tell me that God this loving father was behind COVID and he had a reason and he was like this angry God of the Old Testament punishing people for killing little babies by allowing COVID to kill them So God was behind this COVID stuff. And God was uh, punishing and uh, killing people. And the reason was, this voice said, was because he was mad at those who were uh, doing the abortions. And I'm thinking, I didn't do my test from uh, about trying every spirit. So I just go, hmm. A couple days later, I'm writing, uh, putting up, about agape love and I'm rehearing 
the love of God, the love of God, agape love, agape love, the love of the Father, the love of the Father, agape love. Oh, excuse me. Agape loving. God said to me, did that sound like me? No, sir. Did you do the test to try the Spirit? No, sir, but I didn't. He said, that was Satan trying to get you to believe that this COVID was of me. And the reason I released it and was doing what I this COVID was doing, killing people, was because of people who had murdered unborn babies in abortion. And I'd said to him, I thought to myself, you know, that's interesting. If that was God, how come God wasn't killing the people, the politicians who voted for Planned Parenthood, who give the money, who are pro-abortion? The I didn't see them dying. So there was something amiss. I knew that. As I get caught in the weirdest times, and, and you know, there's no explanation. It just uh, uh, I hear a spirit because I'm moving the gift of discerning of spirits. And that's and I, but I'm thinking, well, okay, how come certain politicians aren't dead? How come certain doctors, and how come the money's okay? I couldn't figure it out. So when I'm putting in it in my multitudes book, the volume three called Agape Love, I'm hearing God is love, God is love, God is love, God loves God. It went. It's not God that's doing this. That was Satan himself wanting me to believe that this COVID was from God. And the reason was he was angry at people who murdered babies in the womb through abortion. And he therefore was punishing them, killing them. But those people I knew who had passed the laws, the judges who upheld the laws, the people, they were not getting COVID or dying. So I knew something was amiss. And God reminded me of who he was now. A God of love. A God of forgiveness. His days of killing were over. That had happened on the cross. But what was happening, the earth itself was upset. And through evil, wicked governments, this virus was released by Satan for ulterior purposes. So what I started, I had to learn to listen. You can have a heart and a feeling about something. But if you don't try and test the spirit. I learned God was not behind COVID. He's a God of love. Death was at work. Through the viruses. The earth was at work. Through the viruses. Why certain people? Maybe they've been in violation of laws. For the earthly body. Don't mess with Mother Earth, they tell us. So that was an experience that I just had. And God had to redirect me to who he was now. 
after the cross. And his heart, by telling, by me reading and hearing, I'm agape love. I'm the father who loves you. I died for you. So we could be together. I had to be reminded. Because sometimes Satan wants you to form a concept and an idea about God that's not true. And he wants to get your thinking off a God of love. That would, that would tap into your soul's feelings. So I learned something that day. So the Lord says there's lots for me to do to redirect your work in love and in spirit and in truth. We had had to relearn. He says I've got to walk you on paths of knowledge and truth in contrast of my kingdom, my heart, and the other guys. You need my wisdom and understanding. Not the wisdom of the world. The concepts and the ideas of the world's religions and of the world's ideas. He says, my job, verse 8 is telling us, I've got to redirect you. Number 10. He says, in my work, according to verse 8, after I've made you a tree of my righteousness, I've healed you, re-anointed you according from Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 8 we're now in that little section of I will direct your work in truth and in spirit he says I need to direct you in the learning that means getting information education about your spiritual adversaries Satan and demons death Sin and rebellion, the flesh, the physical body's appetites, the lust of the flesh, a carnal mind, a baby's mind, about pride and arrogance, how it will pervert you, adultery, and the worship of others. He says, I, the Lord, will direct your work to find me and my gifts I have for you. And to find yourself. We must be lost. That's for sure. I will lead you. And guide you. Into all truth. For it is only my truth. That you discover. Believe in. Accept. And plant. And root inside yourself. That will set you free of darkness and ignorance. You'll no longer be prey to the enemy in those areas. You will find and believe him. If you're lacking love, I will give you that love. You'll no longer be needing love. Be empty. Ready for a groomer of human trafficking. Ready to try to fill that void with drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling. Whatever. I will help you find me. So I can feel that need that you have. I need to help you to redirect in your spiritual education. Your relearning. Your growth. Your nutrition you need to eat. The milk you need to drink. It must be my milk. The bread I need to give you must be my bread. My word from heaven. 
I need to help you learn how to wash your hands with the waters of life and rinse off that ick when you're out in the world and to learn how to drink in freely from the well of living water I want to give you inside of you that continues to flow to your spirit and learn how to drink the wine of my word so that you may grow and he said that I will grow you up into a mature spiritual child of mine the son the firstborn not a male not a female when I say son I mean offspring of me a child for in the spirit there is no male and female spirits there are no genders all of heaven recognizes all of humanity as my son my offspring my firstborn my image and my likeness in you and I have to help you to grow nurture you while you're growing and you must grow into an adult a mature adult spirit where my kingdom rules and reigns in your spirit and soul and body through my governor my holy spirit i'm too big to fit inside of you he says but my spirit can get in there and it is the spirit of my living son crying out to me abba father it helps your spirit to say father to me and i got my child he said also i'm going to help you direct your way in your work to release you from the elements of this world this earthly carnal world and darkness and its teachers and its concepts and ideas that you have learned and you have put in they have built fortresses that I must come against there are walls that are up and you're hiding behind them and I have to break down those walls called the flesh darkness and ignorance to get to you the real you you will be directed out of your ignorance your darkness I'll hold your hand he says I will walk with you into the light we will go slow he says don't want my light to hurt you I want you to go and read my video blogs about the little one walking with this father on a road you walk and talk with him daily he holds your hands you rest you take a nap and you get up and you keep walking and he keeps telling you stories and you watch videos and movies and you read children's books and you learn and you keep walking and you rest he says that's my job I'm with you I will help your spirit and I will help you out of that land of darkness and ignorance and from that deep connection to the flesh and the physical body and its appetites I will do a Hebrews 4.12 on you I will circumcise you out of the flesh I will divorce you from that flesh and I will prepare you as a bride unto me you will be virgin never been intimate with the soul and the flesh when you come unto me that is the work that he's going to do for us 
He is very busy. And we have a lot of growing to do. Now here's some anointed words about this directing, this guiding and leading. That this Lord of Isaiah 61 verse 8 says he will do for us all of humanity. Psalms 11.7 For the righteous Lord loves righteousness. The right holy way. His glorious and loving countenance. His face, his heart is always looking upon the upright. Those who he has applied Isaiah 61 to Yep, he's always looking. Now he can't look on you if you're not freed yet from the darkness and reborn because his gaze is so beautiful and glorious. Be like us looking at the sun with our eyes. He'd hurt us. So he turns. He'll use the pastor Debras of the world and the other pastors and preachers and movies stories to reach you. Then once you're born again, your little spirit does, is given the Hebrews 4.12 experience. Out you come. A little baby. And he's there waiting for your birth. So pastors and teachers have a very important role in your life. We're sort of like the people that help you to give birth at home. Okay. He's the one waiting for you to come out of this darkness and ignorance. He's waiting there. So pastors and preachers and teachers were there to help him. We're a team working to bring forth new life. I don't do the rebirthing. I don't give you my spirit. It's his spirit that comes. But sometimes we just have to help you get there. That's our job another scripture Job 36 7 how excellent is your loving kindness O God therefore the children of men that be us of the flesh the fallen dead spiritual children ruled by the soul and its body who live in the kingdom of darkness which is ignorance Satan rules us by ignorance When you are ignorant of him, so much other stuff, he rules you. If you're even rebellious to him, like say if a doctor tells you to lose weight, and you don't do it, because you're in rebellion against authority. That's your soul. Saying, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I'm a freed person. Satan just laughs at you and God cries because the physical body will be hurt and once that physical body is so hurt destroyed, wounded, sick and diseased the spirit will have to leave it's called death God doesn't want that to happen and he doesn't kill you Satan working with your soul and the physical body is the architect He did not create death. But God wants your spirit here. In your physical body. Ruling and reigning. From the kingdom of heaven's viewpoint and rulership. 
But a lot of people think God kills you. Most of the time it's ignorance killing us. It's we are doing it to ourselves. Or in the cases of abortion, we're making decisions and we are killing an innocent little victim in the womb who has no say. Sometimes we kill our own children, our own family. God didn't do that. That's the soul and Satan and death at work. Death has rights. You have to study death. Excellent two-hour teaching by Miles Monroe from the Bahamas Faith Ministries about death. Who created it? What its purposes are? And how it works? Excellent teaching. Must study death. So he says that um, I am loving you and I'm trying to get you to put your trust in me, he says. So I can raise my arms, put you under my wings like a mother hen would and protect you. And we're even told Jesus said, I wanted to do that for the people of Jerusalem. I wanted to gather you up and protect care for you and you wouldn't let me do that first peter three twelve, for the eyes of the lord are over the righteous and his ears they're open unto their prayers but the face the smiles the eyes the approval of the lord is against them that do evil not the spirits doing evil. It is going along. It's a tail. We don't blame the tail of a dog or a cat for what the front part does. It just has to go. That's the spirit before it's freed from the soul. And it's in darkness. But the soul part of man and his thinking and his physical body, that's the part that's doing the evil. Now, in multi-generational Satanism, the occult, the spirit is participating in this evil. But it's doing it out of ignorance and darkness. But they are very violent people trying to connect to spiritual powers. They're, They're sort of on the right path. They just got the wrong powers. So, that was a little tidbit there. We're going to go a little bit more here. We had, we're just going to work through. I may have to, I'm going to have to do a part 11. I don't know if I can do it today or not. But we are picking up again in verse 8 where it says, I, the Lord, will direct your paths. We have been working through John 6, 25 through 66. And there was a story about these multitudes who had been fed in the wilderness and followed this young man Jesus across the sea of Galilee wanting more free food and he's teaching them don't follow me for that stuff because that's not what I'm teaching and you'll have to go back that I think was what video number nine let's pick up in verse 41 the Jews then that had followed him they murmured at him and said He had just told them, hey, don't come after me for earthly food. I'm not who that is. I am a spiritual food. I'm a different kind of manna that you want. 
I am the bread, the manna that came from heaven. The true manna. Because they knew that their fathers had been given manna uh, from the Lord when they were in the wilderness. And it was an earthly type of coriander that came down to feed them. He says, I'm not like that. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. So these Jews were murmuring these multitudes at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Now remember, he's directing them in truth and spirit. He's leading them down a road they've not been. He's working on their souls and their spirits. He's trying to light a candle in them. He's leading them. He's speaking truth. But they're going, huh? What are you talking about? Humanity in its darkness, in its ignorance, its state of spiritual death, disconnection from God, this separation from truth and the kingdom of heaven, and who is enslaved to the flesh and its earthly wisdoms and its lack of truth, they are a mess. And they will murmur and complain and get agitated and get angry when they get challenged by words of spirit and truth. Remember, there, there's a fortress up like this. And Christ is coming in with bombs of words. I am the true bread from heaven. I am the manna that was sent from the Father. It's hitting. They're behind here like this. And they're looking over the top, firing back. Okay? And he says, he... It will encourage the multitudes to murmur and complain and feel like they're being attacked. What are you talking about? This doesn't line up with our traditions, what our leaders are telling us. This doesn't line up with our constitutions. This doesn't line up with anything. What do you mean you are the true manna from heaven? When God is directing us, leading us in spirit and truth his words become they attack us they push on us uh, on our preconceived ideas our philosophies our concepts our beliefs then our souls rise up and they start feeling angry and we feel under attack and the soul will respond by acts of murmuring and talking and complaining. Trying to fight back with words. Words. Versus words. New beliefs. And preconceived beliefs. Old ideas. Versus new ideas. Familiar and old established concepts. Versus transformation transforming and transformative concepts and ideas defense attack verse 42 and they said among themselves to themselves it's not this Jesus the earthly biological son of Joseph whose father and mother we know a soul and its spirit who's not been enlightened yet, transformed, is always going to go to the flesh. This is, has nothing to do with the spiritual. 
this is just biological. But yet in some nations, the politicians are saying, we're fighting for the soul of the nation. That means the ideas, the concepts, the feelings. And if we can get that, we can capture that and get you to come along, then we got the nation. We got the body. We got the resources. We got your permission to do what we want. Of course, they're lying to you a lot of times. And they're tricking and deceiving you, but they don't care. When one is trying to understand a new idea being presented, a new word, a concept, that's why Pastor Deborah believes get out that Webster's Dictionary, get the definitions of words. Uh, Dr. Miles Monroe of the Bahamas Faith Ministry, who's gone on to have it, if you don't know the concept, the definition of a word, and yours and mine are not the same, then we're going to have miscommunication. So let's say a politician is saying, we want to fundamentally transform this nation. We need to ask them what each word means. Go to the dictionary. Fighting, We're fighting for the soul of our nation. What does the word soul mean? What, okay. And until you ask those kind of questions, define what you mean. Show me in Webster's Dictionary. Because if you're not on the same definition level, there'll be miscommunication. I could think one thing, you could think something else. Two different opinions. Okay? I might vote for you thinking my concepts, and you are talking to me from your concepts, and all you want is my vote. So I vote for you as a leader. And when you get in there, it doesn't look like anything that I thought. Because our concepts and our thinking and our ideas were different. There was no definitions. No uh, one thing we both agreed on that this is what you mean. So, but when one is being presented with a new idea, a new concept, one will always try to understand it. From the old way, from the carnal, earthly, darkened way, and how and all the references you have from that earthly viewpoint, or your personal experiences, and trying to understand this new concept, what may happen is well, that's not what our teachers taught us in high school or college. That's not what my professor taught us. Well, I read this book. And that's not what they said. And I respect that person. So when you're talking as a pastor. Or a teacher. You're going to come up against other teachers. And their definitions. So you have to be prepared for that. And when you're bringing in spiritual things. Against earthly things. The Bible tells us that the flesh. The earthly soul. All this spiritual talk to it. Is foolishness. So here's God trying to direct our path. In spirit. About spiritual truths. And our soul is. He has to go through the soul. To get there. Unless he gives you a dream. Or a vision. Or he's talking to your spirit. And the soul says this stuff is foolishness to him. I can't see it, taste it. It's not 
wasn't taught to me. It's not what I believe. It's a hard slog for some teachers. So these group of people who Jesus is talking to, these multitudes, continue murmuring and talking among themselves, saying in verse 42, How is it then that this Jesus says to us, I came down from heaven? Huh? No sense to us. People went in darkness, ignorance, of spiritual things, will be upset. These people probably went to the synagogues, but never read the Old Testament. A lot of them couldn't even read and write. They just trusted whatever was read, and they went about their life. That was it. So they didn't have that reference, that solid reference point of the Old Testament. And there had been too many traditions of men added to it. And they had added to the law. Now the law that was given originally was for the body of of flesh. And then when later on they would be told that's for the spirit. So this was all confusing to these poor people. And it goes that uh, when these new concepts of spiritual things, these words, the people will feel under attack. The concepts, uh, well our ancestors did this. This is how we've always done it. What do you mean? This is what we believe. So this is what this young man, Jesus, was trying to, was running into as he is trying to direct their work out of believing these darkened, ignorant beliefs and go over here on this path and believe and do this work of believing the truth. That he's telling. When a teacher, a pastor, or somebody is teaching these new spiritual things, the soul not only will attack the words, and you teach on the kingdom of heaven, its authority and dominion, you throw out words and teachings, Satan himself, the evil, wicked one, will come. And snatch away those words that you're speaking in between me and you. He'll scramble them. He'll steal them. Because he can't allow the kingdom message to be preached. And implanted and you take in and believe in. But if you're trying and you're trying to talk this way. These people will not only attack. The soul will not only attack the words. They'll start coming against you. My story was when I started loving multi-generational Satanists, witches, heavy metal music, child pornographers, uh, drug cartel leaders, uh, people deep in the occult, born in the Illuminati, those people who were trying to develop the New World Order, the 13 families sitting around Satan's international table. The 13 families represented a family member from uh, Abraham's children. The reason there's 13, there was one girl. And I'm starting teaching and loving on them just in words, on the phone, at church. Excuse me. Sending some of them that I had addresses to. They were counts, kings and queens over in uh, Europe, king's children. 
I had a lot of interaction with people, spiritually and in the natural. When I started doing this, I got under attack. Uh, the death threats came. They attacked me at church. They would attack me in the parking lot. They attacked through family members. And I had to learn how to hold and love, just like Jesus was doing here. What was I doing? They were trying to kill me. Why? I was loving the Satanist. I was loving those that had been richly abused. I was loving the Jeffrey Epsteins of the world. The child pornographers, the human traffickers. And that love was being poured out. And people's lives were being changed. I was sending in cards of encouragement and love, giving it to somebody. Her name was Amanda. And she would take them to meetings. I was showing up in satanic meetings, standing in flames, stopping the sacrifices of children. I was doing powerful work. And they started attacking me. It still goes on today. I have to be very careful. But that is because I'm going against the king of the kingdom of darkness spiritually. They will attack the messenger, the deliverer, the teacher, the pastor. Who's attacking by words or love. I was just loving in prayer. And what they would tell me is they could feel the prayers in the airplanes. In their meetings, they could feel it. They were having dreams. They were drawn. I would be talking to Amanda on the phone, and I could feel and sense thousands and thousands of other human spirits listening. My words had to be sweet and kind and loving, and I had to switch all the time. I would feel a presence come in. I was watched by demons all the time. I have lived a life under watchful eyes. All my life. Because I loved people. And would tell them about this love. So he was saying these new words. These new concepts. They were foreign to the soul. Now remember the spirits there. It could be in a trance. could be in the darkness. In a dungeon. It's all muffled. It's scrambled to him. Fearful. If he listens. Something could happen. I have a great story on there called Voice in the Light. I put it down there. It's a, I think I made a video of it. Not sure. Excellent story about how Pastor Deborah goes. Talks to the Spirit. And what the Spirit thinks. So he says to us in this thing. He's trying to bring in these new concepts. Trying to direct their paths in truth. When he starts talking to them they even will start attacking themselves in uh, people who've been in all kinds of satanic ritual abuse they have programs in here that if they start moving or believing in something they will attack themselves on the inside they will torture themselves because they're not allowed to believe this or go towards it so what happens is lots is going on. So in Isaiah 61 verse 8 where it says I will direct their work in truth. So let's keep listening for a little bit longer and then we'll end this one and we'll start part 11. Verse 43 
Jesus therefore answered these multitudes who were murmuring and complaining and talking to themselves. He says, murmur not among yourselves, not within your own spirit, soul, and body, or between you and each other, he says. Verse 44, no man... The spiritual you, he says. The hidden away in the soul and physical body can come spiritually to me. For you are still trapped, he says, and enslaved, held in captivity of the soul and covered by its veil of flesh and its lust of the flesh and body and are just the tail, an oppressed spirit which I do believe I have on the website in Prayer and Fasting, Volume 2, The Oppressed Spirit. Except, the only way you can come, Spirit being to me, is except the Father, who you don't know yet, and have not known yet, and are not in a relationship with yet, as his child, like I am, who has spiritually sent me, the living Son, the Word made flesh, draws you, calls you, leads you and directs you himself in this work. You can't come on your own. He must call you and direct you. He must shine the light and he'll even help you to get there. Only he can do this through these truths that I'm speaking to you. And I, the word, will raise him up at the last day. Hmm, that's interesting. He's sort of prophesying. He's saying, you can't come to me. You can't understand what I'm saying unless he who sent me draws you. On the last day, I will raise you up, stand with you during the time of judgment. I will speak for you, will lift you up to him, the great judge. And I will say that the Father drew him, drew you to me. You believed in me. And I paid the price for you. The Father, the part of God, the Father is drawing. But then the God will be in judgment. And this Jesus is saying, you can't come and understand this stuff without him helping you, directing you, and leading you. Let's go to another scripture called the Song of Solomon. one four. Draw me, call me, bring me, lead me, guide me. For I am black and full of sin. That's verse 5. I am of no regard, the Spirit is saying. I'm comely. Verse 6. Don't look upon me, he says. The one you are drawing to yourself. Because I am black and dirty and icky. Because the sun, your words of spirit and truth and life have shined upon me. 
and I look horrible. And it has revealed my blackness, my ignorance, my darkness. This is the spirit talking. My mother's children were angry with me. A reference to a curse from Noah to a grandson. Excuse that, my computer's talking to me. To a grandson named Canaan to be a slave and a servant to his brothers and as a curse for his father seeing his light of his son Ham left in his room his tent rather after he had passed out from too much wine the father became angry no and cursed Canaan the grandson couldn't curse Ham God had already blessed him and what had happened is this spirit is saying I am black and dirty and horrible because of this curse I am only a slave unto my brothers I am black but my own vineyard and possessions I've not kept them Whatever you gave me to keep and nourish, I've not kept them. I don't have them. I am black and just a slave. Many politicians are like that. They're giving great honor and things to protect a nation, people, money. And they don't. They become black like this. They lose it. Back to verse 4. And Solomon, draw me. We will run after you. The king has brought me, drawn me into his chambers, his inner sanctuaries, his own intimacy places as his. His own family. He's calling me, even though I'm black and dirty and just a slave. His own inner places of deep love and intimacy. Not of a sexual nature it wasn't. But a love of a father. That was pure, clean and holy. A place of belonging. We will be glad. This one that was black says. And rejoice in you. In our relationship. In your inner chambers. In your deep places of love. We will remember. From our ancient beginnings. Your love for us. More than your love for wine. We will love you. In uprightness. In truth, without shame or guilt, without fear of you, without our old memories of rejection, unworthiness, dishonor, devaluation, our emptiness, and being humiliated as an evil traitor. If that's you 
and you want to come into his inner chambers and you feel him calling you and drawing you right now to come to him to turn on this path so he can clean you restore unto you all he wants to give you if that is you come even in your dreams just come in your thoughts your hearts he sees you if you want to bow your heads if you want to come to this altar come the mercy seat is here he's pouring out his love to you he's calling you directing you come he is the one that he sent his love in a bottle his love in his words in this Christ Jesus to earth to pay a great price for you on a cross that victory is still here on earth come let him direct your path he will help you to even come to the altar father bind up anything of the spiritual enemy of love and forgiveness bind them up forbid them to hold these people back now come and be as in the song of Solomon let his light shine on you bring you into his inner chambers and let you feel his love he is directing you now in the work you're to do so that he may continue to direct your ways come he is here father they cannot come to you without you and your great love drawing them father the best they know how they have come and they have said they want to be your child directed by your path through your word and they want to be in your inner chambers one with you as a child and in love with you father cleanse them deliver them from anything of the enemy heal their physical body and their soul so they will believe take the memories out heal the many fractured parts of them father if they have sickness and disease in their physical bodies heal them if they are in lack or want of earthly food and need bring it speak to your people so these little ones will believe in you and have faith and trust in you that you as you said in Isaiah 61 verse 8 you will direct their work in truth amen wonderful wonderful I see the angels it's so beautiful we can't even explain it but I want to close this teaching part 10 we got a little ways into it we got another couple parts to go of verse 8 but I'm going to finish here please remember he's always working he's on your side he's not against you 
he will help you. There's a lot to help you with. He has to get you on the right path in truth. So enjoy your new relationship with him and expect mighty things to happen. And if you go to the website and the Songs of the Heart, look at the Brownsville Revival videos and see the things he can do. And enjoy. Love always and forever. Pastor Deborah, and this ends part 10 of Isaiah 61, verse 8. I, the Lord, will direct their work in truth. You come again. I'll be up and up. Get this up. I'm working on many things. I loved having you today. Let the words be grabbed, sunk in, rooted deeply. And we'll see you next time on another global teleministry video of Agape Love, Love is Here. www.agapeloveishere.org and on the YouTube channel of the Hidden Kingdoms. All videos will be on the website for you. Come again. Love. Pastor Deborah. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again. Watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments. And if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.